Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for January 31st, 2021, the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, other than an overcast morning, how are you doing today? I am doing fine. Thank you. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Um, uh, fourth, and you? Oh, I, I am, I am, uh, the, the coffee is flowing. Uh, my brain is recognizing where I am and what I'm doing. So I think, um, I, I think You're... that's peak efficiency for me at this point. I was going to say that you almost have achieved full consciousness. Full consciousness. Yes. Like a good AI computer. <laughs> I think I am. Therefore I am. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, uh, there's five. There's only uh, there's there's five Sundays in in uh, after the Epiphany, and then we have uh, Transfiguration Sunday. Uh, so right. we're 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 nearly in that joyous time of Lent, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, uh, I, I thought about so you know, get out your purple cookie recipes. That's and... right. That's right. <laughs> yep. Get a head start on your Lenten shopping for sackcloth and ashes. You don't want to get caught up in the rush. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want them to be out. Uh, so, yeah. um, uh, but yeah, it, it uh, get your cards sent. I, I, I have to admit as, as we prepare for like a, a Lenten fast or observation or something, I'm not sure what I'm giving up this year. <laughs> Gave up I, church last year. Well, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm still, Still holding strong on not meeting in person. It's uh, not intentional. Um, but but yeah, it's it, it. I don't I don't know what would be appropriate for this season. So uh, uh, real quick, as a as a as a as an on the spot question, uh, any suggestions for uh, Lenten observations in a pandemic? My quick one is, and I think I actually said this last year, is um, to get outside. And it'll be easier in what four weeks, three weeks or so yeah. to do that in terms of weather. But one hopes um, yep. to get outside and see how God is working miracles in nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, it will be nice to get outside. I can definitely uh, see that uh, as part of uh, um, sheltering in place and and avoiding public crowds is particularly made difficult during the winter. Uh, um, Normally, that's kind of what we do, anyways. It just makes it, I think, ultra depressing. That it, <laughs> yeah, I know. For um, normally, you would stay at home, but now you should stay at home. <laughs> and well, I don't, and, I don't like being told that I should. I want to, I want to get out there. That's, and... that's definitely part of it. Um, I know Kathy and I would often, for a cheap date, would just go to a coffee shop and mm-hmm. get a couple cups of coffee, people watch, chat eavesdrop other conversations and it, it it's a real loss not being able to do that and just have that that sense of human interaction even if it's mostly by observation right um but something we've we started to do months ago is still when the weather was warm um was we don't we live a couple miles from large large lake eagle creek reservoir mm-hmm. and so we get our coffee get a treat, get it, usually get it, buy it at a drive-thru and go park by the shore of the lake. And when the weather was warm, we'd get out and sit on the grass. Now we tend to stay in the car, but just watch the birds and 
in the warmer weather, the sailboats and stuff, and that's that's been very relaxing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, I can understand where that would be. Uh, that that would be nice. Um, yeah. And we all gotta we all gotta have to find new and interesting ways of uh, <clears throat> passing the time, entertaining ourselves, uh, and increasing our own mental health. Uh, it's a it's a and spiritual health and yeah. spiritual health. It's a this is a this is a slog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say to our listeners who are like, well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that very insightful (laughs) statement. I had no idea. I had no idea how much of a slog this was until you verbalized it. Great. Right. (laughs) Um, Let's uh, let me, uh, I think I told you ahead of time on the, on the podcast podcast that I picked a person that's going to be a little bit of a softball. But um, we don't talk about this person very much, so I am going to ask you for our person of the day, what would you like to say about James the Less? James the Less. Well, he's associated frequently with Spain, as I recall. Um, Mm, No. No? Okay, that was James the Great then. Um. Yes, that is James. Actually, I'm. I'm uh, let me hear. Hold on. Is that James the Great? You know what's funny is on the uh, the glossary uh, that he doesn't. He's not listed uh, that way. It's it's right next to. I'll I'll give you the help action of. There's, uh, James. Man, there's a lot of James the somethings. Uh, James yeah. the Just <laughs> is one. James the Apostle, comma Saint. And then the, uh, I'm asking you about James the Less, comma, saint. Yeah, and, and the Apostles, James the Great. Um, mm-hmm. He's a lot more, James the Great's a lot more interesting to talk about. Uh, so this take is not that, as James big a the Less. As, uh, <laughs> I'll take James the Great for 50. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, I got to admit, I'm drawing a blank on the details of james the less well he's the apostle he's the wait. other apostle very little known. okay wait yeah. is one the apostle and one the brother yes as james the less the brother james the less is the brother oh i totally had it confused okay now i can go off on 14 tangents based on the brother of jesus um mm-hmm. So this James was not one of the 12. Um, in some traditions, he had no problems with Jesus throughout their lives, except as... Oh, actually, actually, sorry. I apologize. I read this wrong. It's not no! James the brother. It's not James the brother of Jesus. Oh, now I messed up. Because <laughs> there's too many. And, and the reason why there's many James does is because there's so many James. Yeah, so uh, they need a last name, so to speak. So, so I apologize. Yeah, we're back to uh, you, you being confused, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, so very little is known about this apostle. He was the son of Alpheus. He is called James the Less to distinguish him from James the son of Zebedee and from James the brother of Jesus. It okay. is also possible that he was small physically or younger than the other two. James labored diligently in and around Jerusalem until he was martyred when he was 96 years old. 
Uh, a saw is used for the symbol of James, recalling the story that he was thrown down from the top of the temple, stoned, beaten, and then cut into pieces with a saw. <laughs> James the Less is is uh, commemorated in the Episcopal calendar of the church on May 1st, along with St. Philip. <laughs> Who is also a, a very minor apostle, so to See, speak. I, so I thought this was a softball just because of how many uh, James there were. I, I thought there would be like a, him being one of the apostles. I don't know as if he actually gets... I, I don't know if because of the way this is written, he actually gets a reference in the Gospels? Or yeah, yeah he, th- he does. Okay, he does. Okay. Because yeah. uh, usually... All the apostles are named in the Gospels. We yeah. haven't... Usually, them elsewhere. if usually those definitions include like references to a gospel reading of so a story oh, okay. that he's in, and this one was absent it, so I wasn't sure if that was true or not. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I apologize. I thought that was going to be a little bit more of a softball, but because there's nine million James, yeah, the, some, the somethings, uh, it turned out not to be so. Yeah, I I could riff all day long on the brother of Jesus on. <clears throat> A whole bunch of other Jameses, but I actually I feel better because that's the one we probably know just about the least of. We know that right. he existed, um, the father piece, and that he was martyred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when when the symbol, <laughs> when your symbol as a saint is something that you experienced after your body was dead, you know you you didn't have a lot of mythology around you, let alone facts. <laughs> So. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the one who's most known for being associated with a saw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, he was he he labored in the fields, or you know, whatever it was he did. <laughs> uh, so I would have thought a sickle or something would have been, or plow would have been a little bit more appropriate. But sure, the weapon that was used to uh, dismember his already <laughs> past body, let's make that the symbol for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it could have been any number of symbols for Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. Poor but guy. Yeah. Poor guy. Jeez. But that now now you're, you will be able to impress your friends when you go into particularly um, older churches, and they don't even have to be that old, that have the traditional 12 apostle or 11 <clears throat> mm-hmm. apostle, depending on if they include Matthias or not, um, stained glass windows. And the one that has the saw, you know, is James. James the Less. Gather mm-hmm. around, children. Let me tell you about the story about James the Less. <laughs> There's not much known about him. The end. Yeah. <laughs> he was an apostle. And Find he the saw, Daddy. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't want to make you cry in church. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, briefly, maybe, uh, maybe next week we can get into it a little bit more uh, since I've rambled enough. But... Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, uh, I think there's a lot of people who um, are a little surprised by such a phrase. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. James, the son of Jesus? That doesn't sound right. Brother. Brother. Or sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm even saying the, same, the right thing. James, the brother of Jesus. That, that yeah. is clickbait, though. <laughs> that, right. James, the son of Jesus? No, Ben got it wrong. <laughs> James, the brother of Jesus. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, would be a little surprising to some people. Um, James, the... S- you said it right, but wrong. 
I keep looking at James, the son of Zebedee, which is right next to it. So I start oh, reading okay. the wrong phrase and then I going in. Never mind. It, I, yeah. There's no excuse for me as usual. Uh, so let's move. On. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Let's ignore me and stop talking about James, the son of Jesus, who does not <laughs> exist. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh Deuteronomy. So here we go. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 18, verse 15 through 20. There will be no reference to uh, uh, James in here. No James um, is here. The Lord your God will raise you up uh, for... Well, sorry. <laughs> it's a day. Oh, man. People if can we, tell we don't edit this thing. <laughs> we do not. There is no editing. Unfiltered completely. Uh, uh, the Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord, your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly. When you said, if I hear the voice of the Lord, my God anymore or ever again, see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, they are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. Um... So right here, we're talking about um, um, in verse 18, it says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you. Who's the who's the prophet that will be raised up like uh, who, who are we talking about here? Uh, Moses. Because hmm. Deuteronomy is okay. written in the voice of Moses. Gotcha. OK. OK. Um, and. Just Sorry. to be completely clear, scholars don't think Moses actually wrote it because he dies at the end. And it, it talks about his death without changing voice. I got you. But traditionally, it's one of the books that um, Moses wrote. And this is one of those places where, okay, it's Moses talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Do we know who this? I mean, essentially, this is a prophecy of a of a prophet to come. Um, is this a reference to uh, a prophet that comes soon? Is this a prophet a prophecy about um, a prophet uh, that uh, comes much later? Who who's do we know who who fulfills this prophecy? We quick answers no. Okay. The longer answer is both within Judaism and Christianity, there are various beliefs and interpretations of this. Most of them center around that this is the establishment of prophet as a role within the community. Oh, okay. So it's sort okay. of like giving the job description and saying this is a, this is a possibility. You won't always have a prophet. But at times, God will have to raise up a prophet from among you. And then those of us um, who are aware of the rest of the biblical narrative know it, it happens pretty... Uh, 
I mean, that, that's who gets remembered in the rest of the biblical narrative. I was about to say it happens frequency. That's not true. A lot of times it's hundreds of years mm-hmm. between, but the next book has another prophet. Um, so it's establishing prophecy as always a possibility that God's not going to become a distant being once Moses dies. Gotcha. And is, is in verse 16 here, is this an actual quote of Moses, uh, from, um, a moment on at at Horeb? Uh, did he really say, if I hear the voice of the Lord, my God anymore, or ever again, see this great fire, I will die. Is that a, it's the, you there is the people. Not Moses. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Remember, Moses is the one saying it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. And um, they, they basically were saying, "Look, we're we're tired of all the special effects. This is too stressful." <laughs> um, if this ever was, happens again, I'd rather die. That's yeah. what they. That's what they. <laughs> which, which part of the? Um, well, yeah, I think it is kind of intentional the humor of the Exodus story of the people going from Egypt to eventually the promised land under <laughs> Moses's leadership is it seems like just about anything they say, we'd rather die. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. We wish we had died in Egypt. We wish we had died yesterday. We yeah. Wish, yeah that, <laughs> it would have been better for us to have died as slaves. It would have, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. Okay. And so this is a reference to that kind of perspective. on life. <laughs> uh, I think I'd rather see the great fire. I don't know yeah. about you, but I'm pretty addicted to living. Um, uh... But see, the, the challenge is that when, when God is that intimately visible, you, you are constantly reminded that you are not your own master. Mm, okay. And when you think, when you're tempted to do something you shouldn't, you look over your shoulder and there's the great pillar of flame leading you through the desert. It's like, oh, maybe I should stop coveting my neighbor's wife. Right. Uh, so if anything, this is, I, I, as with much of that part of the uh, Hebrew scriptures, it's a description of human nature more than, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. That humanity on some days we'll say, Oh man, we wish God was sitting here having a glass of iced tea with me. But in actuality, most of the time humanity is saying, I'm glad God's at arm's length because then I can just do whatever I want with my day. Yeah. 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 So that's, Um. that's what, that's a no small part. What this is about where God's saying, okay, I won't be in your face, but I'm still going to be around. And if you get way off track, I'll get in your face again through a prophet. Hmm. So, I mean, what about this? Uh, what about this reference here at the end? I know it's it, it, based on probably when it was written. It's unintentional, but um, it, it, indicating uh, any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or presume or who presumes to speak in my name, a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. Um, I, 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 I would think that the uh, implication is not that like the second they do it, they die. It's more of a, of a, of an indication of um, their own mortality. Is this like a foretelling of our one prophet who never did die? Is that? No, 
Um, okay. it, it's, it's much more of a, a threat of lightning strike than... Okay, okay. This is uh, more retribution, not a not a, an Elijah reference. Right, right. Gotcha. Though some have taken it, some who want the Bible to be very have straightforward. That, have meaning that it doesn't have? <laughs> no, I, I don't want to go quite that far, because it, it could be an Elijah preference. Or reference. Mm-hmm. Or a preference for Elijah. Um, but really, in, in the context of the rest of the passages around it, it really has more to do with what's going to be the long-term life of the Jewish community. Okay. Okay. And, and part of it is saying, yeah, I'm God's saying through Moses, I reserve the right to raise up prophets, but mm-hmm. not everyone who says they're a prophet is a prophet. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Okay. So th- this is, this is uh, some clarification, uh, uh, which is smart. Um, quite frankly, that, that, uh, um, knowing that if if you're establishing kind of this this role, that anybody could just you know come in and be a, a you know a flim flam man and be like, oh yeah, talk to yeah. God all the time. He said, uh, give me a couple of gold pieces. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I was one of the things I was surprised to learn just last week or week before that there are on the internet all sorts of self-proclaimed prophets that if you cross their hand with silver they'll tell you what god has been saying and hmm. they make good money doing it and i people, can believe that yeah you know the, it again flim flam but um very very popular i mean again people want clarity and i certainly understand it'd be easier if we could click onto a website and find out what God wants us to do with the day, but that's not how it works. Right. Yeah. One would think that, uh, if this was, uh, these were the words of God, uh, one would share them freely as opposed to right. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. My memory's a little fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's It's getting clear. It's getting right. clear. With that $10 bill, it's getting a little clearer. Maybe there's a Jackson in there. I, it would come back to me. Well, you um, really got to be suspicious if they'll only take Bitcoin. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Something untraceable? Thank you. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Uh, um, so, so before we leave here, Deuteronomy, tell me a little bit more about um, uh, the book as a whole. Is it like mm. the... Uh, you said it's written in the voice of Moses. Is there kind of like a main theme or bent? A lot of these books are kind of like uh, have have uh, they're either documentational or a documentation of what happened and a historical accounting, uh, uh, or more I should say more storytelling. Um, uh, some of them, uh, the prophets have a very specific point of view that they're trying to convey, like the different individual parts of Isaiah. Um, is there, is there like a, a, a theme, a main bent of uh, Deuteronomy or? Yeah, it's, it seems to be organized and edited. I'm purposely putting it that way because it has, it does have very, very old roots, but most scholars believe that it really hit this form about the time of Isaiah. Oh, okay. That um, had to do, and what Deuteronomy has to do with is how do you live out 
the faithful life. And it has descriptions of what the priest should do and what an everyday faithful person should do, both ethically and um, spiritually, what their prayer should be like and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's This may sound a little odd to say, but if you sit down and read Deuteronomy and you read Isaiah, you'd say, man, these biblical writings are so beautifully done. And then you sit down and read Genesis. It's like, wait, this is a mishmash of weird stuff. Yeah. Um, because Deuteronomy is much more put together than books that it tries to say it's contemporary with. But because it had a, a massive um, going over around the time of Isaiah, it has a much more modern uh, literary structure. Hmm. Okay. And so it's, it's, it's one of those that I can thoroughly recommend someone to just sit down and read. It, it, it's not terribly... Oh, now, now come on. Now. Is there a book <laughs> of the Bible where there you wouldn't say that? No, I wouldn't. Let me, you I was you are say, totally let, correct. Let's turn, let's turn that statement on his head. Which book, if you had to pick one, which one would you say, don't read this one? Revelation. <laughs> excellent good excellent good job I, I wasn't sure if you were going to come up with one or not. oh that yeah that was an easy one and um a lot of scholars believe that um revelation was the last book to get approved well they don't believe there's documentation mm-hmm. um it was the last book to be approved because even the christians who were first reading were going this is weird <laughs> <laughs> and we aren't sure how relevant they, it is now that the roman empire is falling but the count the the, the the council is like like a good weird uh yeah weird. <laughs> let's leave it in why don't we leave it in to see <clears throat> i like it <laughs> <laughs> well again good special effects <laughs> yeah 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 um uh, interesting though so so this is like a refined collection of writings then yeah and okay. it, it probably was a single collection and was you know, sing, we have no way of knowing a single collection fi- meaning a, a a single author or or what do you mean that that's what we aren't quite sure of because okay. it's it's just too long ago without a lot of documentation and numerous conquerings and freeings of the israelites um but we current Christians and Jews can say with quite a bit of confidence that it certainly contains the teachings that Moses was pa- had passed along before he died, mm-hmm. even though the author is not Moses and it was cleaned up and um, made more readable around the time of Isaiah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, um, so it, it it is interesting to go if, if you read the the Bible in order. It's interesting to read Exodus and Numbers and uh, I'm not saying these in order Leviticus and get to Deuteronomy and it's like a breath of fresh air for a modern <laughs> reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a although uh, yeah, I guess um, uh, first and second Kings are fun, but um, oh yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, um, but again, it, it, it just those feel more ancient because they're mm-hmm. less edited. Yeah. OK. Very and cool. don't think there wasn't a huge 
Frauderall around the editing. We we see evidence of that within the text of all these books. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't just a, oh yeah, that makes sense. It, it was quite a is that really what it should say? It was very carefully done and with a lot of back and forth on how it should read. Mm-hmm. Cool. And we presume well, the Holy Spirit's filled in that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the voice of Moses. How could it not be? Yeah. Um, let's move on then to 1 yeah. Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 13. Now concerning food sacrificed to idols, we know that all of us possess possesses knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there are many... Sorry, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not see their since their conscience is weak be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols so by your knowledge those weak believers from whom christ died are destroyed but when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak you sin against christ therefore if food is a cause of their failing of falling i will never eat meat so that i may not cause one of them to fall this seems like a very specific passage uh, uh, written for a very specific group of people. Right. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, who Paul is talking to here? So um, the Corinth is part was part of Greece, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, metropolitan area, an urban area, and part of what was considered just like going to hear the local band play in the bandstand on a warm summer evening was going to the temple and enjoying the barbecue, the food, the meat that was burned as a sacrifice. It wasn't burned to ash. It was cooked and then distributed to anyone who wanted to come eat it. And that Mm -hmm. was considered just a nice social occasion not necessarily an occasion of worship of that particular deity. But of course, you're sitting in a pagan temple eating, and so it implies that you're endorsing the theology of that temple. And so that's Paul's objection, is that even though you intellectually know that you don't believe in 
that particular god or goddess. You only believe in the one true God. Folks who are wondering about Christianity will see you in there and say, wait a minute. What's that guy really believe? Mm -hmm. And it will it'll therefore undermine the ministry of sharing the good news of God in Christ. Okay, so this is like uh, sending mixed messages. Uh, Very much um, so. Okay, um, and then when he talks about the necessary knowledge, is that simply referring to the knowledge of, of Christ and Christ's message? Or uh, like, is, there, is that something specific? Or what, which knowledge is that he referring to? Let's see, which verse is it there? More all-encompassing. Verse 2. Uh, he he oh, references that. it uh, here as, uh, you know, we... We know that, quote, unquote, yeah. all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but loves bills that anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge. Um, is that? That's a reference to the one true God. Okay. Particularly, okay. yeah, and as revealed in Christ Jesus. Okay. So he's more saying like, they, they just don't know. They don't, they don't know the story yet. They don't know. Uh, they, they haven't been told. Uh, and... Um, as, as as written there they don't they don't have it yet um but once they the, the implication being once they do they'll know that they shouldn't be eating sacrificed uh food to idols yeah and i'm trying to think how to put this in a modern context it's if if there are so many things well, okay. No, that's not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to... Th okay. A lot of people come March Madness time, will enter an office pool and pick a bracket will, mm -hmm. and put money in and therefore technically are gambling. And mm -hmm. for the vast majority of people, that's no big deal whatsoever. But if someone has a gambling problem, it could be a slippery slope to their life completely falling apart. And I've, I've actually known a couple of people who, to whom this has happened, where the next thing they know, they're on paycheck day going to the casino and losing it mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. So for most of the office, it's no big deal to do that. But for the, the vulnerable person, it, it, it could destroy their life. And so it really would be better if the office didn't do that. Because it's, hmm. you know, gambling on college basketball is not something that's necessary for a good life. Makes, make, makes uh, I think that's a good, good example. I'm, I'm curious to, I, I won't, but I'm curious to know uh, what, what example came to your mind first. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> We'll leave it. Yeah. We'll leave it. Don't worry. Um, and, and so, and yet, the Episcopal Church does not have a huge teaching about you should never, ever gamble. Mm -hmm. It's instead a be aware of the people around you who could be very vulnerable to gambling and therefore yeah. act accordingly. Yeah, so this is this is really a a plea to uh, um, be more aware of what effect you have on other people. Right. Um, that it's not uh, um, 
which again, this is getting into uh, a, a kind of a mindset that I think um, the 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 people of this time were a little bit more attuned to, which was more a group collective right. uh, uh, thought process, whereas modern uh, thought processes are very individualistic. So mm-hmm. one would read now this kind of story and be like, that sounds like their problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they, and, you know, they and, should go to Pagans Anonymous or something. Right. Where, out of it, my life. I, how am, why am I responsible for that person's weakness? Uh, that's not that's not my my fault, my problem, my concern. Uh, whereas the people of the time that this was written to, it, it this very well could be a wake up call of like, hey, look, no, you, as a collective, yeah. you need to recognize how. And and I think a lot it would have been probably much better received than. Uh, maybe it would be now if this were rewritten to oh, know, definitely. A, the the a, a church in in you know name a city uh, that you're like oh hey well you know that person over there um, you know has this problem you need to be aware of it because uh, of your effect on on other people I'm like mm-hmm. that sounds like well, you know why should I change what I do <laughs> yeah um, um, yeah that's a, a much more simplistic example is when i put in a, an episcopal church welcomes you bumper sticker on my car i suddenly became aware in a different way of how i drive hmm. because okay. i am yeah. representing the episcopal church to anyone who happens to read that bumper sticker so if i right if they're reading it because i cut them off in traffic that's not a good invitation to Mm-mm. try the episcopal church no that's a good point that's a good point. I'm so it's, going to it's have a to quality remember. control on my driving. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to remember it's on my car. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for the poignant message directed. To, I feel I feel towards me personally, but uh... well, if it's any <laughs> no, help, I, I remember the Chewy is my co-pilot bumper sticker better. <laughs> so you're reflecting on the entire Star Wars community. There you go. Oh, oh that's even worse. Um, and no, I was very nice and didn't make a joke by saying the Star Trek community. <laughs> You are very nice not to have triggered my uh, nerd sensitivities. Um, (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, Anything else about uh, uh, this? I'm I'm kind of curious as to if there was any thought process as to why it's partnered. Um, At, At this point, we're pretty much just going through Corinthians in order. Okay, I was kind of, I was like, is there a, a link that I'm missing as to epiphany season? Um, I mean, I right. guess it's still an epiphany uh, if you, you know, um, so I guess it still works in that way. But um, it, it's just not, it doesn't as, as, as directly, uh, and then as sometimes the second readings don't. Uh, doesn't as directly affect uh, the first reading and the gospel reading. Oftentimes those two are. Especially lot, during lot the green seasons. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, anything else about the this passage? No, that's pretty good. <clears throat> okay. So let's move on to Mark uh, chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. We're still early. Early, early in days book. in Mark. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath day came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? 
Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He comes even as he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Um, I mean, this is a miracle, right? This right. Is, okay. And occurring this early on in Mark uh, leads me to speculatively believe that the uh, um, largely believed first miracle of turning the water into wine it does not occur in the Gospel of Mark. Is that correct? That is correct. It only occurs okay. in the Gospel of John. Okay, okay. So, Mark, as, as we've talked in weeks before, Mark is kind of a more of a condensed uh, uh, Cliff's Notes uh, version of the story in, a, in certain ways, which is what prompted uh, the gospel books that came after uh, this was written to kind of expand on the story. Um, because, yeah, we're in, we're in chapter one, and we've already got his... A, a miracle like right out the gate um yes <laughs> so right out the gate <laughs> um uh um yeah the uh, almost the, the identical miracle doesn't occur until chapter four in luke for those of you keeping score okay okay so is this um has, this is after he's so he in in mark at least uh a there's no is there no birth story? Is there? Is that how no it works? No birth story in Mark. So it just kind of starts with uh, the um, John the Baptist calling people, and right now into the first uh, the, the first um, um, miracle of the book of Mark, at least. Basically, to and I could almost read in the amount of time I'm going to say this. The first chapter of Mark has. The appearance of John the Baptist, mm -hmm. that's the opening scene. Right. The baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist. The temptation mm -hmm. of Jesus in the wilderness, but it's only two verses. Um, what we had last week of Jesus coming to Galilee after, Galilee after the arrest of John the Baptist, calling the first disciples, and then this. Hmm. Yeah, there's. Uh, I can definitely understand where gospel writers thereafter were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> there's so much context here. Take a minute, let the scene breathe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but yeah, so um, and each of the the three later gospels have the scenes breathed differently. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the fun. I, I do mean that seriously. It makes it so enjoyable to read the Gospels in parallel and see what the different communities and the authors they produced felt were the most important things to add into the story, to, to flesh it out. Gotcha. Um, real quick, uh, in verse 22, um, when Mark is talking about how he's uh, teaching them, this uh, uh, unintentional but backhanded diss towards the scribes. Who are the scribes? 
The scribes were sort of the biblical scholars of their day. Okay. Uh, that That's a more lofty uh, um, position than I was thinking. Okay. Um, yeah. They, because he, he, taught, he, he taught them as a one having authority and not as the scribes. One would think that the scribes would have some authority, right? Well, there's authority and there's authority. Gotcha. So, so, so this is really capital A authority. I'm not sure. <laughs> Cap, capital A authority, meaning like this is this is more like a, a, a divine, yeah, um, um, something clearly different uh, about. This is not just like a, you know, leader of the temple kind of uh, um, biblical scholar um, um, uh, points of view. This is like. Um, he's basically, Mark is basically saying, he just kind of comes right out and hints at like, no, 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 uh, like, you know, God, the father, I know him pretty well. Here's what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) My dad told me, my dad told me that this, uh, this is what this means. Right. The, the, the. The scribes have, in a sense, canonical authority. They have the authority oh. given by the temple hierarchy to explain to people what are the what do the scriptures mean, what are the various um, directions on how to pray and live your life and worship together. But Jesus, yeah, he comes along and is teaching in a way that opens the opens people's hearts to the presence of God. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it does very similar work as the scribes do because Jesus in the coming chapters in Mark will often tell people how to live, but yeah, does it with a a type of authority that people cannot help, but see if -hmm. they give it just two seconds to get under their skin. Right. Um, and yeah, and, and, and the rest of this, uh, story kind of, uh, works the way that one would think that it would work in that, um, if he commands a spirit to come out of another person, uh, verse 28 is kind of an understatement. Uh, at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Yeah. Um, that would, yeah. Fame is, I guess one way to describe it i think that would be pretty uh uh um pretty quickly uh uh, recounted to all in the region i mean it's kind of hard to yeah yeah and it 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 is a bit of a uh translation struggle um because other translations and use term Describe it as the news of him spread. Right, right. Um, but, um, you know, fame also works. It it can also be rumor. It, right. It The Greek word implies that it's person to person. I think that's the real point of it. Gotcha. I it's, gotcha. You know, people aren't hearing this on the radio or reading the local tablet, newspaper, or parchment or whatever. But instead, people are telling people, which, that's, of course, yeah, is very that's, meaningful because that's how Christianity spreads best. 
Right. And, 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 and in a way that's an informative and, and makes obviously, you know, complete sense knowing what we know about the Jesus story. It's not like the local authorities are going to spread this, you know, this kind of story around. This is like the rumor mill and the whispers uh, between neighbors uh, yeah. and kind of, kind of a thing um, um, that would, that would totally happen. Um, and it, and the way it's phrased in the Greek and structured in the Greek is that it immediate the this gossip, this news, this rumor was immediately everywhere. Yeah, and the English and again, translation again, really doesn't, one would think. <laughs> doesn't say that as strongly as it could. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's kind of an understatement, um, but yeah. in a way that kind of fits with uh, the style. <laughs> it, it, so far, the style of Mark, which is kind of like short and to the point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. spread. Yeah. Someone recently said who I was talking with, I can't remember who it was. And maybe it was even you um, said that Mark is the Hemingway of the gospels. Oh, uh, no, it wasn't me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, um, that's a good, um, that's a good comparison. Yeah. And I want to, I want to give a shout out. I, I want to say that was, I was around. I think that might've been Bob Murray. I think so. I think it was Bob Murray. Yes. So shout out to Bob Murray for, yeah. for a very, a great a very good description. Yeah. And, um, and here's an example of that. But I think the translators went overboard in the closing sentence that we have today. Because I think in the Greek, it's supposed to suddenly be um, in bold print. The immediately yeah. everywhere. Extra, extra. Yeah, so that people would. Jesus of Nazareth calls forth spirits from unclean men. Um, and yeah, because Mark is so understated so much of the time and suddenly hears something that's immediately everywhere. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think we lose it in some translations, lose that power there. Yeah. Well, we could definitely understand why this story is picked as uh, an epiphany. Um, and, and in a way it's good that, uh, we're using Mark this year, this, this, uh, uh, lectionary year, because while, um, the water into wine is, uh, an interesting story. Um, if you're really wanting to hammer home the epiphany that, uh, he's clearly called by God and does have authority this is definitely the miracle you want to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, uh, the the miracle of water to wine is kind of a more of a muted hint <laughs> at what's to come. Yeah. And a lot of people don't more, even realize that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is more like the, 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 the real uh, point of, of it all. This really brings, brings uh, it into focus. Um, his ministry or what he's capable of doing. Right. There are a couple other interesting things here that it, again, easy to overlook with our modern eyes. Um, the um, unclean spirit or the man with the unclean spirit cries out in verse 24. What have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy one of God. And, throughout the scriptures to this point and throughout wider culture 
non-Christian, non-Jewish, well, there wasn't Christian culture, non-Jewish, and also pagan culture, if you knew the name of someone, you had control of them. Hmm. That you could curse them, you could bless them, you could cast a spell on them. And here, the unclean spirits know both Jesus' name and, in a sense, his job title, and, they, and they're powerless. Hmm. And so this is this this is one again a whoa who is this guy? Um, because that that's not how the world is supposed to work. In the first audiences, both the witnesses of this, and then in the coming decades when this story would be told, people say, "Well, no, no, no." The unclean spirit knew Jesus's name. He should have been the unclean spirit should have been able to smite Jesus right there. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus won. That that breaks all the rules. Hmm. So yeah, yeah that, it was is, mind that is definitely yeah, that's definitely lost on on the modern reader. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've heard all sorts of sermons through the years on well, the only people who really knew who Jesus was were the unclean spirits. So you know, let that be a lesson to you. No, that's not really what it's about. Um, it's that that's how powerful jesus was and is and how the world completely changed when he started to walk the earth Hmm. all the rules shifted yeah uh yeah that's a that that would that would be uh if that was the norm uh or the understanding then that yeah that would uh, definitely challenge a lot a lot of things uh and definitely um reinforce this concept of authority right that's it's it literally is a divine authority it's no longer just that he's inspiring it's that he has a power beyond any power we thought was possible because hmm. even because in the hebrew scriptures even god's name is never given to avoid the dynamic of a um, evil one getting the true name of god and therefore having power over god right right so it's a very, very strong belief that Jesus shows is false. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anything else about this uh, Mark reading? Um, the other thing that's interesting is this conversation in 27. They were all mm-hmm. amazed and they kept on asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority. Again, you get that authority. Um, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. The conversational nature goes back to what you said about the Paul reading, that Christianity is a communal activity. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, as sometimes happens in John, just one person pondering what's going on. Instead, there's a gr- there are groups of people talking about this. And that it. makes it all the more powerful and part of God's love spreading through the world. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So this is this is the 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 group as as a, as a whole. This is the the Greek chorus, as it were, uh, uh, asking these questions. It's everyone. Yeah. 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 And again, it's something that a modern Western reader probably would just skim over, but. This shows that it's it's getting into the very core of society. This 
existence yeah. of Jesus in their midst. Yeah, it wasn't just like one or two people who were like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> in John, like we have the one at the well. The entire group. Other, yeah. other places where it's just, or Nicodemus, where it's just Jesus and one person having a conversation. And, and here, nope, immediately everywhere, <laughs> people are aware of the presence of Jesus mm -hmm. and that it's not just another teacher and it's not just a prophet to go over to the deuteronomy um passage which is probably why we have it for today it's instead someone with divine authority interesting yeah well with that uh divine authority we will close out this conversation about the fourth sunday after the epiphany january 31st 2021 uh, the last Sunday of uh, January will be in February next week. Hard um, to believe. Yeah, it's time really does not seem to hold still for anyone. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and as with all every week, uh, there's there's a a large number of things going on. Uh, please feel free to visit our website to see uh, what's going on and keeping in touch. Hfec.org is the website, and we'll continue to have online worship that releases uh saturday morning or sorry saturday afternoon at 4 p.m on our uh, youtube channel hfec videos with a nine o'clock a.m sunday uh watch together um uh, on uh, on facebook uh on our facebook page um and uh, you can always contact us at shortcut at hfec.org with uh, any comments questions uh that you would like to send our way um, and I, I, Bruce, do you have anything specific you would like to pro plug this week? A couple of things. One, um, Bob Murray, who we referred to a few minutes ago is leading a Thursday evening Bible study on Mark specifically. Um, so you can see how to connect with that over zoom, um, on the parish website. And this week we have our annual parish meeting at 10 AM via zoom. So after the 9 AM watch party, roughly, and everyone's mm -hmm. welcome to be part of that. Yeah, uh, please, please, uh, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there's there's no super requirements to attending the annual meeting, no. like uh, you have to have to be uh, uh, sworn in on the, in the holy book of annual meetings <laughs> in order to participate, right? This Not is kind all. of a, Not excellent, good, good to know, good to know. So yeah, um, and uh, uh, that, that's kind of like our, our, our state of the church address, uh, yeah. but also kind of a kind of a, a group um, uh, activity of making sure that uh, we're all on the same page as to where we are, what we're doing, how this last year was. Uh, uh, Try to be spoiler. Spoiler alert. None of us liked 2020. Um, <laughs> I think that's I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and yeah, break that. The Dodgers news. won the World Series. Doggone it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh, wait, what i was referring to, referring to? uh yep yep uh baseball and church same same thing same thing same deal um but yeah so uh we we look forward to uh 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 seeing uh possibly uh, everybody uh at that meeting uh but uh participating in some way shape or form with all of you and uh until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you then bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.